Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is the 24th of July, 2022. It is Sunday. Hope you all had a good weekend. On today's show, we discuss the Nationals series against the Diamondbacks, and obviously, you will hit on the Juan Soto situation, the latest Josh Bell news, a lot to get to on today's show. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here once again, Locked On Nationals podcast. We are brought to you tonight by Blue Nile and BlueNile.com, the best place to get that special something for that special someone. Uh, Big Mike is back. That's nice to see. Got a working out a new cord today. So hopefully, I, I know there were some audio issues last week. I hope those are all resolved now, now that I have the mic back. So hopefully not too much fluctuation in sound quality here. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore nationals. You guys can follow me at Josh neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you get your podcast and we are on YouTube as well. So, uh, you know, the nationals, the series and stuff like that, we'll get to it a little bit, but I just kind of want to revisit where we're at. And um, I think for a lot of you all out there, if you're a nationals fan, like the prevailing sentiment right now is whatever happens, you know, you, you have your preferences about what is going to, to go down, but just get me to August 8th. All right. Or August 8th, August 2nd, rather. Um, right now it is, you know, I'm recording this at 8.06 PM Eastern time. Just after the nationals game has wrapped up on, uh, excuse me, Sunday, July 24th. And I'm sure a lot of you, uh, like me, just you know, covering the team and you all that are fans out there, you know, it is, it's been such a whirlwind. And I think it also kind of, you know, it feels like the Nationals haven't stopped. Like that, that all star break is supposed to be a break. And I think for the Nationals players and for Nationals fans, it probably didn't feel like much of a break at all because the circus was about Juan Soto and Scott Boris and the Nationals, and their new ownership, and the Mets, and the Yankees, and the Cardinals, and the Padres, and the Mariners, who are, you know, the Dodgers, the and whatever, whoever else you think you can fathom, you know, you saw articles about everything. Like, we weren't really able to kind of rest and relax and enjoy the All-Star break. To be honest, I mean, I actually have this weekend series. Like, I feel, you know, I feel more exhausted after last week, um, you know, covering this team and I'm not, I'm not even in the trend. I'm, I'm not around like some of the reporters are, you know, you just, I mean, you could tell like those guys this weekend, especially just, they do not look like they're all the way in it. And it, it is a really difficult thing for these big leaguers. You know, not, not every guy is Carl Edwards jr. Right. We've all heard the story of Carl Edwards jr. He's mentioned it. For those of you who don't know, Nationals are the only team that really gave him a shot. Nobody else really wanted Carl Edwards jr. Except, for the Washington Nationals. And, you know, he's on record as saying, hey, like, I'm really grateful for this team. And so if my, you know, kind of reward or whatever it is, you know, is is getting traded and kind of helping them rebuild a little bit, I'm okay with that because they gave me another chance. All right. And that's a really 
wonderful and amazing perspective to have. And you have to credit a guy like Carl Edwards Jr. that is thinking like that and, and, and feels like that. But not every guy is like that, right? Not every guy is, is going to be like that. I mean, most actually, most guys aren't like that. Like, think about Josh Bell. Josh Bell has a really exciting time ahead of him. He's probably going to head to a contender. But, I mean, I've loved having Josh Bell around. And, you know, people speculating, writing about your future and where you might go is a really difficult thing because, you know, you're about to turn 30 years old and you got family that you worry about. And, you know, you might be in New York or you might be in St. Louis, just for a place, you know, just an example. I mean, I'm not going to get him, but like I just changed the scenery. You know, the, the, mentioned the Phillies and then maybe the Red Sox, who are probably not going to trade for him now or just wherever, right? Um, you know, and there's just, I mean, there's articles every single day, multiple articles. You know, you, you probably pop on Twitter and you don't even have to, you know, I'm not saying these guys search their names, but he probably doesn't have to search his name. And he's seeing articles about where he might go and what, what his next destination is going to be. And also on top of that, this guy's, this guy's got to worry about a contract. Now, he's probably in a pretty good shape when it comes to his contract next year. Probably get a really good opportunity to play somewhere else. You know, it could be, hey, it could be in D.C. again. Who knows, right? Um, but that's something that he's dealing with, right? There are guys like Kyle Finnegan, who we saw pitch today and pitched very well this afternoon to help the Nationals get the job done in the early evening, I should say, as a guy who, you know, last year was a closer and didn't really love the role of closer and, uh, you know, and is now back in the closer position because of the injury to Tanner Rainey. And also, this guy who's pitched pretty well this year, there's now some anxiety about where he will go. I, or, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's probably get traded. And people always need bullpen, you know, bullpen pieces. And that's a guy who can probably, you know, net the Nationals something in terms of, of a prospect or a player, whatever it is. You know, you got guys like Steve Ciszek who are in that same boat. You got guys, I mean, you know, how many guys in this roster are truly safe? How many guys right now, you know, that's, that's the thing. And, and these guys are feeling that we are on the 24th of July and we'll be in you know, the trade deadlines next Tuesday, right? So about nine days away here, a little bit less than nine days under, you know, under single digit days now. So you know, these guys are, are having to back their bags and talking to their agents and, See what the agents are hearing, but I mean, think about the roster. Like, think about who is who is truly, truly safe for the Nationals. Just kind of going through this right now. Josiah Gray is safe. I mean, you know, the Nationals aren't going to move him. Patrick Corbin. We've heard maybe the Nationals want to move off of him. Now, you all know my thoughts about this. I do not think the Nationals should explore anything in that realm of trying to do that in a Juan Soto deal. Trying to get him off the books in a Juan Soto deal to me is not a good way to do business. You're gonna you're gonna ruin the package potentially that you might get. Maybe hey, maybe you get the same package anyway, but like I doubt it. Unloading that big of a contract with Juan Soto. So even but even Corbin's not necessarily safe. Fetty, maybe not all the way safe. Paulo Espino is a guy who could probably help teams out. I think Anibal Sanchez is safe because he's only pitched two games. Carl Edwards, Steve Ciszek, uh, you know, we mentioned those guys, Kyle Finnegan is not safe. K-Bert Ruiz is safe. Josh Bell, not safe. Cesar Hernandez, not safe. Michael Franco, not safe. I mean, if somebody calls and wants those guys, you know, they're on the block. They're heading, they're heading elsewhere. Luis Garcia, safe. Uh, Alcides, not safe. Yadiel Hernandez, not safe. Victor Robles, not safe. Juan Soto, not safe. 
Nelson Cruz not safe. Now, obviously, they still have to have a team out there. So not all of these guys are getting moved. And hey, you didn't venture to say less than half of the guys I mentioned will get moved. But there is anxiety about all of that for all of them. Pause. All right. So like that, that's a fact, right? And then go back to what happened last week. Go back and run the tape backwards. I, I mean, you know, we just talked about it, but it's it's been exhausting with all the Juan Soto stuff. It's been exhausting because he didn't want it to come out. Look, that's how the stuff works. It was going to come out eventually. You know, it was, it was going to happen. It was exhausting to see Scott Boris make the rounds and say all the things that he did. I'd even say it was more, it was exhausting to watch Juan win the world, the uh, home run derby. I think to some extent there was, you know, some exhaustion with having to watch that in a Nationals uniform. It's a high emotional moment for him, for Nationals fans. We saw Dave Martinez there celebrating with Juan's family. A really emotional moment that was great to see, but it was clouded almost in the background by the fact that a guy, you know, Buster only just doing his job, asked a question about Juan's future and says, I don't want to talk about that. And kind of it sparked up all the feelings that we have about this, that, hey, Juan's probably, you know, it could be on the move. And so and that's the thing is he is the big shoe to drop. He is the big shoe to drop here that we're all waiting to see. But that situation, even the plane story comes out, to which y'all heard my thoughts last show. I know the audio wasn't great, so I'll say them again. Non-story. Millionaire agent, billionaire, you know, billionaire owners, whatever you want to say. Billionaire player. Like, if we're all fighting over a plane, a chartered plane, that's ridiculous. If that gets in the way of Juan Soto stay, or, you know, that's the cause of Juan Soto staying or going either way. That's, that's bad. That, that's not, it's not something that should occur. It's just, to me, it's no bueno. We shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be worrying about that. It's garbage. It's such a non-story to me. Maybe it's a story, you know, I guess if it bothers them, right, it, it's a story. But to me, I just don't see how that could come into the calculus of what can happen with Juan Soto. That should not be anything that, that dictates you know, his future, where he is going to be. But thoughts about new ownership, when they might be in, all right? Even if the Nationals escape this trade deadline, there is still going to be some uh, some thoughts about what happens this offseason and when ownership comes in. Things are so uncertain right now. I, th- I thought that kind, of, that kind of bare itself out in the field. I didn't find Juan Soto's play this weekend. I, I did not think he was focused. And look, I don't necessarily blame him. I believe it's really difficult to be focused when you're dealing with the things that a guy like that is dealing with. So as we sit here on Sunday, it's after a weekend for a lot of people like in Nats world, man, I'm just, you know, not like struggling to get through the podcast, but like, I just want to, I just want August 2nd to come, you know, I mean, I know this, this, this should be the gold mine of content. It really should be, but I don't think you all feel like that. And look, I don't want to see a player like Juan Soto, go to somewhere else in the league. A lot, a lot of you know this. Like, I am not a – I'm, I'm going to say it finally. I am not a Nationals fan. The, the Washington Nationals are not my baseball team, all right? They're not. I think it was I, – I, I cheer for a team that, that, you know, that allegedly is – you know, might be in the, in the race for them. I do not think baseball is better off if Juan Soto is elsewhere. I don't think it is. I think it's – you know, you all have heard my thoughts about this before. It's really important that players like Juan Soto remain in places like Washington, D.C. It is important for the guys like Wander Franco. It's important for the guys like Julio Rodriguez. 
it is important for the guys, you know, like your Bryce Harpers, you know, it's fine. He's in Philadelphia, it's whatever. But like, I want all the markets to have, you know, markets everywhere to be able to have stars. I like it when guys like Yelich are in Milwaukee. I like it when guys like, you know, even just old school, you know, Paul Goldschmidt are in St. Louis. Uh, I like it, you know, when we uh, just Buster Posey is in San Francisco. I like the distribution of stars across the league. I do not want to see Juan Soto go to the Yankees. I do not want to see him go to the Mets. Uh, I don't think that, I mean, sure, maybe like, you know, if the Mariners did it or the the Padres did it, you know, even the Padres to some extent. Like, I don't want to see some of these teams just keep collecting talent over and over and over again because they're the only ones willing to fork up the money. Now, on the flip side of that, the Nationals could get a really awesome haul. Um, there is a big part of me that believes the Nationals, you know, if they can't find a number that they like, and I'm on record as saying, I think around 10 for 400, you want to go 11 for 440. That's that's the that's kind of the the right range, in my opinion. It's an AAV that you expect. It's the amount of years that you expect as well, 10 plus years in that range. I think that's where we should ultimately come down when this thing is all said and done. Now, when we get there, I, I've, I've got no clue. But if Nats can't come to an agreement and they eventually do move on, I think they can get an awesome haul of guys that would help them rebuild. But, you know, as long as when you rebuild, you're willing to spend the money on the back end. You know, I don't want to see an Oakland Athletics situation where you gut the team like that. It was complete garbage. You know, you, you want to look like what the Orioles, I know it took the Orioles a while to get back to where they are, but you ideally want to look like the Baltimore Orioles do now. That is a really good goal to have. So, you know, this entire situation is, we keep going through it. You know, there's so many possibilities here. And, you know, if Juan Soto is still on the team after August 2nd, the anxiety will not end. If he's, if he's uh, not on the team after August 2nd, the anxiety will continue about, hey, who are these guys that we got? And do we know if they're any good or not? And, oh, my God, the team's going to be really bad. So there's so much in the air right now that it's just, it's not a positive vibe. And I'm glad they got a win because they needed that. Because they did not look sharp coming off the All-Star break. And, Let's talk about the games this weekend, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show, the Locked On Nationals podcast, is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile and BlueNile.com. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com, and going on now, it's the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured it ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace today. Go to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, so three games this weekend for the Nationals. Let's hit the losses really. Actually, you know, I'm, you know, I'm off my game, guys. You guys know the rules. We have to go through uh, the setup first. So the Nationals are 32-65. and 65. That is a 330 winning percentage. It is the worst in all of baseball. They are the worst team in baseball. They are 27 games back of the Mets. They are 26 back of the Braves. They are 18 back of the Phillies. They are 14 back of the Marlins. So the gap between the Mets and the Marlins is, or you know, those four teams at the top is larger than the gap between the Marlins and the next team, the Nationals. They're 15 and 36 at home. They're 17 and 29 on the road. They have a minus 162 run differential, which is the worst in baseball. They've won one. They're two and eight in their last 10 games. 
All right, so the first game of the weekend, we'll go in chronological order so we can end on a high note. We talk about their win today, 4-3. The, the first two games of the series were an absolute nightmare. 10-1 to one in the first game, and Zach Gallen was awesome. Seven and two-thirds, two hits, seven Ks, no runs, 97 pitches. Fantastic. And old Patrick Corbin, he was back for this one, did not look very good in this game. Eight hits, five earned runs, did seven Ks and 99 pitches in five innings. Weems, Harvey, and Arano all gave up runs. This game was really over before it got going. The Marlins, or the Marlins, the Diamondbacks were uh, five for nine with runners in scoring position. The Nationals were 0 for 1. So that just tells you everything you need to know about that game. Game two had a bit more fireworks, right? This was the 7 to 2 loss where we had Victor Robles admiring his home run off Madison Bumgarner, which, you know, Madison Bumgarner made the clown comment. Uh, he was mad about Victor Robles admiring the home run. Now, I don't think it was, you know, I, I know he's old school, but I didn't find that comment to be very, uh, you know, thoughtful from old Mad Bum. I will say this, though, and I'm not an old school guy who's like, I, I love pimping home runs. I, I love it. It's great. When you're the Nationals and you're Victor Robles and you're 30 some games under 500 and, and you're admiring home runs down five in the eighth. I, you know, like the comment was not good and the, and the response was funny with the clown nose. Okay. I get it. And we're having some fun. It's nice to have some fun. Like, <laughs> I guess, I guess we need to laugh. I could be wrong here, but like, I didn't find that that appealing. I, I didn't think that was the move as the kids say. Um, I'm not saying go, go about your business and do it all the time, but like at least be winning the game, <laughs> at least be in striking distance of making it a game. That home run made it seven to two in the top of the eighth inning. It had no, no impact on the game. Four to 13 feet. Nice shot. I mean, credit to you, Victor. But like, I, I just was, I was not on board with it. So that was my thought about that game. So there, there goes that. I want to just say today's win for the Nationals was an impressive one. Four to three was the win. They were down three nothing or two nothing. Uh, 3-1 at one point, and they scored in the sixth, they scored in the seventh, and they scored in the eighth. And they came from behind, and they clawed, and they scratched their way back, and they did, you know, they, they took the lead off of a really good pitcher in Joe Mandiply, and Josh Bell showed up and can use it, you know, build that value, and the young guys, Thomas and Ruiz, combined for those pair of hits that pushed the Nationals over the top. Things were dicey for Steve Ciszek there, and then he got him out, and then, uh, you know, they get the, the following two outs with Kyle Finnegan. I mean, for him to come in there like that, and then he was nails in that ninth inning. I was really impressed by the way they rebounded in that game uh, today. And Eric Fetty, you know, 99 pitches and four and two-thirds, not great. Seven hits, three runs, three Ks. But the bullpen, Weems, Carl Edwards Jr., Steve Ciszek, and Kyle Finnegan all coming up large and getting the job done, and, you know, they got a couple uh, – got a run off Ian Kennedy. They got a run off Joe Manaply. I mean, they were really strong today, and they also got to Martin. Uh, you know, his day was relatively short. So this this was a way the Nationals could kind of get off the schneid just a little bit. Um, once again, though, you can tell the cloud is hanging over this team. Just uh, the Soto thing, it is such a such a massive story. It's all anybody is talking about. And there's not a ton of really, I mean, look, once again, the second best bat available here, um, you know, during this free or during this trade deadline is also Josh Bell. 
So there is a whole, <laughs> there's a lot of like, it's just like all centered here in DC right now. Um, and it's difficult. It's really difficult. And I'm sure the fans, it's difficult for you guys out there too. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll preview the Dodgers series and talk some more about the latest rumors for all of these guys. Talk about, you know, what's here. We're here with Josh Bell and Juan Soto and more. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore nationals. You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show where we get your podcasts. And um, until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.